Greetings. My name is Kerbuntu. When the call went out from the folks behind Hacker Public Radio for listener contributions about two months ago, I realized that I was being offered an opportunity to make a tiny payback to the Linux community, and they had taken away my last excuse for not doing so. So let me answer this question. Why have I become a Linux user? There are several levels of why. Let's start off with the why of blame. I'll start off by blaming Tom Merritt, who was with CNET TV for many years. He recently found Greener Pastures working with Leo Laporte in the latter's podcast, Media Empire, but that's another story. Back in September 2006, Tom produced a short CNET Insider Secrets video entitled, Try a Free Operating System. This introduced me to the concept of a live CD, uh, and of course the distribution was Ubuntu, that was way back in the days of Ubuntu 606, which seems like an age ago now. And, peripherally at least, it introduced me to the ideal of free open source software, though I didn't know to call it that yet. I had played around a bit with Linux prior to that time, mainly Puppy Linux as I recall, but once the downloaded ISO file had been burned into a CD and the boot took place, I experienced the first inklings of a Windows-free world. Tom and CNET followed up with a video a year later demonstrating using uh, Ubuntu via Wubi, and then in 2008 there was yet another Ubuntu feature showing how to run Ubuntu from a USB thumb drive. So, thanks Tom. The second person to blame, if we should call it blame, is Mark Shuttleworth. Think what you will about Ubuntu and Shuttleworth's corporate alter ego, Canonical, but as I've watched from afar and eventually followed along, I see a personality who really believes that Linux and free open source software can be made appealing, accessible to, and simple enough for the masses. Now, I'm the farthest thing from a Microsoft fanboy. After all, I switched to Linux. Nevertheless, whatever else you can think or say about Microsoft, they created a Windows interface and hardware spec which helped make the personal computer ubiquitous. I've been using computers since early 1970s and had a personal computer since 82 or 83 and they were the one that set the standard and the goal originally was a computer in every home and now the com if you only have one computer in your house you're rather odd I think at least in most western countries. I think Shuttleworth and company have the best shot at making their distro of Linux that easy to use. The third person, last person I blame for my Linux use is Steve Ballmer and whoever else is responsible for Windows Vista. If they had had a corporate conscience, they would have apologetically and penitently offered free upgrades of Windows 7 to all Vista users. They didn't. Enough said. Well, that's the why of blame, Tom Merritt Mark Shuttleworth and Steve Ballmer. What about the why of motivation? Take too much time to make up an exhaustive list, so let me throw out the first few important things which come to mind. I have altruistic reasons for becoming a Linux user, but I'll start with what, one that most listeners can appreciate. Linux has put some fun and wonder back into my daily computer experience. My computing history goes way back to my college programming days in the early 1970s when monstrous IBM 360-370 mainframe beasts with amazingly large 5 megabyte, yes I said megabyte, hard drives roamed the Pleistocene landscape. 
I personally hand-fed many piles of COBOL and assembly language punch cards to these ponderous but fascinating creatures. About ten years later, when folks were stymied by obscure formatting codes in DOS-based programs like WordStar and flummoxed by programming in DBase 2 or DBase 3, compared to IBM mainframe manuals, the programmer-written user manuals were a breeze to understand. So it gave me a source of a little bit of side income. But uh, those days, you know, as as helpful as the GUI interface became in Windows, it removed you further and further from the hardware and from understanding what was going on underneath. And some of the thrill and joy of those days returns again with Linux, except now your experience can span the spectrum from being wrapped in a a warm, gooey cocoon, or you can stretch it out clear over to inspecting and writing source code and compiling to your heart's content. Now, my second reason is my first altruistic reason, the, a, a why. Linux allows me to recycle older computers and components in the most practical sense of recycling, reuse. I've lost track of the number of machines, including laptops, I've been able to retrofit with whatever the latest version of Ubuntu is and either give it away or repurpose it for use around the house here. At last count, we have, um, let's see, one, two, three, four laptops which run Linux along with two servers, one of which runs uh, the Amahi suite in Fedora. Once people realize that the GUI isn't that different from what they're used to in the Windows world and... Most of what they need is a browser, a word processor, and maybe an email client. They really don't care about what the operating system is called. They just want it to work, and they want it to be free of virus and uh, other malware problems. So they just go ahead and merrily use it. I suppose this wouldn't be true for gamers, but it seems like people who can afford to spend their lives gaming uh, have as much money to burn as they have time to burn, so I don't worry about trying to provide them with computers. Another altruistic why is helping the less fortunate. I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that influences my worldview. And if when you think minister, you see a mental picture of some guy wearing a backward collar, I'll be completely invisible to you as I pass by you on the street wearing jeans and sporting a Stalman-esque beard. But I have to draw the line somewhere. Unlike Richard, no Birkenstocks for me, man. I had a Linux epiphany a few years ago when I was down in Guatemala teaching pastors in various places around the country. And by the way, that's where some of my recycled laptops go. For the last two nights in country, we were housed in the small dorm rooms of a Bible school. The school's student lounge, and I put that in air quotes, such as it was, was a room about the size of a small-to-average American living room. Squeezed in along the side of the student lounge, down one wall, were four aging PCs that comprised the school's computer lab. Not only were these old, cast-off Windows machines, but they were absolutely riddled with malware and spyware to the point where they could hardly run. While the rest of the small team, of which I was a part, went off and did their one day of touristy shopping things, I stayed behind and did what I could to disinfect the entire lab as best I could. I encountered illegal copies of Windows and Windows software, illegal copies of antivirus software, some of which wouldn't update because they were illegal. 
I left three of the four machines infestation-free, but to really fix the fourth, it would have required a complete reinstall. And they didn't have the original installation CDs, much less the installation codes. I could have taken them to task for running illegal software. I certainly would have had I been here in the States. But when faced with the penury and poverty experienced in most countries, the legalities and nuances of software licenses and the moral ramifications of piracy get drowned out by the vicissitudes endured in trying to survive. For the remainder of the visit and long after I boarded the plane home the next day, I found myself thinking how much better off they would have been running a free, legal, malware-resistant variant of Linux. That brings me to a final point. Not so much a why of explaining my change to using Linux, but a specific why explaining my commitment to sticking with Ubuntu, and hence my handle, Kerbuntu. Ubuntu, along with its variants like Kubuntu, Zubuntu, Ejubuntu, and Mint, seems to come under a sort of derision from certain adherents of other Linux distros. The partial, somewhat bridled contempt for it derives from the fact that it's a distro for beginners, for noobs, for the masses. For me, that's precisely the point. I'm thankful for the contributions made by the likes of Red Hat, Fedora, SUSE, Debian, and fill-in-the-blank of your favorite distro, and I appreciate the down-and-dirty learning experiences offered by distros like Slackware. But I've decided to limit myself to Ubuntu with the goal of learning it so well that I can help other people, other ministries, and other nonprofits like our own get the maximum bang for their constrained computing bucks. Take it from personal experience. We started a new ministry nonprofit two years ago, and in this recession, funds are very tight. So, motivated both by a desire to help and a constraint in funding, our ministry, and no, I'm not going to promote that here, has converted all but one of our Windows machines over to Ubuntu. By the way, even that remaining machine will make the transition by the end of January. Using Ubuntu every day, I will no doubt gain enough experience with it to support it and a much clearer feel for when it's the right alternative to recommend to others. Has there been a learning curve in switching to alternative FOSS programs like GIMP, OpenOffice, Audacity, Genie, Banshee, and the like? Yes and no. Yes, there was a learning curve, but we made the change over to most of the FOSS programs we use while still running under Windows, and thus... No, there wasn't much of a learning curve once we made the switch to Ubuntu. The operating system was the last change made, and from the user's points of view, the operating system change was the least significant. What we've all noticed is that everything runs much faster on the same hardware, hardware that has served well for years and now can continue to serve credibly for another few years to come. Well... Rather than preaching too long and having you fall asleep in your digital pew, I'll say the amen here and give the benediction. Thanks to all the Linux and FOSS developers, testers, promoters, and others who have contributed over the years. Thank you, Tom Merritt, for introducing me to Ubuntu. Thank you, Mark Shuttleworth, for iterating your vision practically and semi-annually. And thank you, Steve Ballmer, for the Vista-inspired determination to make the complete changeover. Also... Thanks to Hacker Public Radio for challenging me to share my experience with Linux. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.